Your name is higher than any other. You shed your blood so we could be set free. Lord, your goodness overwhelms us. Jesus, we have tasted and seen. the mic stands going up and down.
rather than just this part. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. That one. Don't break it. Please don't break it. You guys, 
Seriously. Hear the angels sing, there is hope for everyone to announce our King. There is hope for everyone, what good news they bring. There is hope for everyone, angels sing, there is hope for everyone. They came from afar, there is hope for everyone, wise men saw. The one who lights the darkness, bending low to be among us. Bring your glory in the highest, Jesus. They came from afar, there is hope for everyone. Wise men saw the star. There is hope for everyone. Shepherds heard the choir. There is hope for everyone. From afar, there is hope for everyone. We are waiting on the promise for the one who lights the darkness. Bring your glory in the highest, Jesus. Bring your glory in the highest, Jesus. Remind me, I think I didn't get all of the chord chart to this song. Well, there's a second page that I think you're missing. <laughs> okay. We'll move on. It's that kind of a day, folks. <laughs> Sometimes he moves in reverence and quiet. And sometimes he likes a giggle. That's true. Good news of great joy for every woman, every man. This will be a sign to you, a baby born in Bethlehem. And on the earth, peace among 
Love incarnate, love divine Stars and angels gave the sign 
bowed to babe on bended knee, the Savior of humanity. Unto us a child is born, he shall reign forevermore. No. Son of man, there before the world began, born to suffer, born to save, born to raise us from the grave, Christ the everlasting Lord. shall reign forevermore. Noel, Noel, come and see what God has done. Noel, Noel, the story supreme 
is the Lord. I have a request. I really don't know where it goes unless it goes right here. But I want to hear some ballroom for room for. Some what? How's it go? Drum ball. I'm playing my drum. I need a little bit of that. I don't have to sing much of it. Do you want me to sing it or find it on the... I don't have that music or the words or anything. to find for king and country their version of that and put it up on here there was one where they did it CMA Christmas that was a really good one showed the video shows a lot of what they're doing on the stage totally changed my heart towards the little drummer boy I thought it was, I mean, the message is cool, but I thought it was repetitive and boring. For King and Country's version is not boring. You're going to like it. I'm sorry, Sean. <laughs> Look at this. 
seen that, because it's not, definitely not one of my favorites, but it was very good to me this morning. I 
yesterday, today, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's being played over us. What that means, I don't know either. Okay. Can you hear me? Can you? There it is. I just didn't want John to miss it. All week God's been speaking to me about the simplicity of our church. We're a simple church. And that's the way the kingdom of God is intended to be. It's to be truthful it's to be open, it's to be honest, and it's to be simple. And the one thing about, the reason I love the little drummer boys so much is because when I was little, I didn't have a whole lot. 
And I remember one year my grandpa got me a little drum. And he said, now you're the little drummer boy. And I had never heard the song. I came from a Lutheran background, and I had never really heard the song. And uh, we had a little black and white TV that sat in the corner of Grandpa and Grandma's place. And he turned it on. He said, I want you to see something. He let me open this gift up the night before Christmas, which was really unusual. We opened our gifts on Christmas morning. He said, I want you to see something. And he played on TV. The little drummer boy was on. So it had to be timed, because I mean, we don't have VCRs back then. You don't have... DVDs or anything you can record or play manually. So he had it all timed and he played this simple little claymation animation, the little drummer boy. I don't know why it's so emotional, but it, um, to me, it's a picture of not just the church. It's a picture of who, what the first century church is. This little boy had nothing, but what he had, he gave. We have nothing, but what we have, we give. And we're a simple church. We're supposed to be a simple church. It's who we are. I believe you're right. It's being sung over us. You know, it's an alliteration or a simile. It's a, uh, the depiction of the actual song is the message of God's heart being sung at the same time as you're hearing it. You know what I mean? It's painting a picture, it's saying the words, but at the same time the truth is so relevant that it permeates our very existence as a body, as, as our part of the bride. Because this little group makes up a portion of the bride. And we have a very significant role to play. But it's a simple role. And he wants us to keep it simple. God was talking to me about the structure of the church. And every time he talks to me about the structure of the church and how we do things, it's always simplifying it. It's always taking it down a notch. It's always moving it to where he originally intended it to be. Simple. And that's what the little rubber boy is. The other thing that I heard was um, and can't get away from is um, mighty men. David had his mighty men. And again, I'm not sure how those two go together, but drummer boy and mighty man and exactly what that means, but I, I'm pretty sure that somebody has on my ideas on that. I'm not meaning to hog the mic, so if somebody else has something, please go ahead. You have? No? Okay. Um, when David's mighty men were chosen, one of the things that he did is he whittled them down. And the way he whittled them down was to watch what they did. It wasn't to give them training. It wasn't to give them... It was, 
he wanted to see what was written on their hearts by the Father. And so he watched them. And they were eliminated, not always because of morals, ethics, things like that, but just because of what God showed David to watch for. And it became a very small group, but they were mighty men. Mighty men. And that's what God wanted, was a small group that could take on a large enemy, but without fear, with complete focus and determination. We have touched things this last few months in prayer. I got to tell you, I mean, because I've dealt with the spirit of Hezbollah before, I am very, very, very cautious what I do. Because we felt the repercussions of the last time we did it, and we did it with God's blessing the last time. And there was still... But we have touched things, and God's going to call us to touch more things. And so we are called to be mighty men. I sat here this morning, and it was really funny, because as I sat here, I went, I was sad that your wife wasn't here. I was sad that my wife wasn't here this morning. And yet I looked around this room, and we had two women worshiping, leading. And we had a congregation of men. That is rare. That is so rare. Let me tell you, when I first got saved, I was involved with a group called Living Hope in Estevan, Saskatchewan. Scott Harrison, if you hear this, I love you. I miss you. Um, I don't know how you'd hear it, but I do. Um, We were more men than women most times. We have no idea why. It was either equal or more. We had young men that would come, single men that would come. There was a man from Ethiopia that came, joined our church. There was, uh, and then when I progressively moved um, over the years, went to another group called Rap Session, which then became Fountain of Life, and we were more men than women, and that was a rarity. And here again, we're more men than women right now. That's not a bad thing because men are supposed to lead the way. And we have a generation to prove. This morning when we were sitting here and we were talking to the Lord while worship was ongoing, I was thinking, Father, we have mighty men here and you're raising these men up to teach a younger generation. And I could picture in my mind this younger generation coming in And they were young men and young women, but mostly young men. And they were saying, what do I do? And I saw Mike first. And then I saw this guy. Then I saw Ronnie. And and as these young men came in, each of you got up and started to teach and to minister to those individuals. And to raise them up into what God had planned for them. And to tell them the truth. And to set them free with the truth. Which is what they wanted more than anything. And rose them up to become mighty men. I'm sorry. that God was talking to me about both things. So I think it's just totally a blessing. I had that that same thought yesterday at um, Camp Hope. Because what's so unusual about that is that there were more men volunteered there 
than there were women, which never happens. Right? Like, it's completely unusual. And there were more boys than girls at Camp Hope, which is totally unusual too. But, and it's not like, I don't know how to say this correctly, but it, it's not, they were like men, right? Like outdoors, not like skinny jeans men. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking men by men. No, no, like older, older men that work outside and work really hard that don't usually show up to, but are called to these young men at Camp Hope. And I believe that it's partly, it's a lot to do with Ronnie and how Ronnie leads and has given them permission to show up and be themselves and to be examples to these young guys and not have to be a certain way. Um, but I, I had that very same thought of like, this is so unusual and so needed um, that these men be present to these young men and, and just be themselves around them. And that's a lot of times all that's needed. Was Goob, was he older than you? So that makes you the patriarch. His oldest brother passed away this week. Goob, when's his funeral? Not one, nothing. Sounds about right. That's the way they want it. I mean, we're not well being. Well, you know, we just don't see no sense of paying thousands of dollars for, for nothing. Right. But the significance in, in it is that that makes you the patriarch. Of the Smith, <laughs> Smith family. Well, if you hadn't thought of it, you thought of it now, huh? <laughs> so there's a, that that goes in with the mighty man, and uh, the reason I'm bringing it out. It's not about me, okay? That's, but God has instilled that in me. I have read many times in Kings, and God has just took me back to it just over and over and over about the mighty men that King Solomon had, that David had, that different ones had. But, and I know that I know that's what he's We've got to be the mentors for this younger generation. That's that's who God has called us to be. But as we were singing that song, Noel, come and see what God hath done. Hmm. He's good, Jack. Our God is good. Had some kids come up yesterday and just 
share what they had learned at Camp Hope. And it just melted my heart. It made me so proud that every one of them said they'd learn who Jesus is. And I tried to get them to talk about other things, you know, that we do, but they knew who Jesus is. And I thought, well, <laughs> have we taught you anything else, you know? But, and they had. But that's what God has shown me. And it's just amazing. I, we had an awesome day, I thought. I mean, it. The last couple of meetings, it has just overwhelmed me how the kids listen because <laughs> if we know anything, we know the kids, you don't keep their attention very long. You can keep their attention five minutes, you've done something <laughs> without them wanting to go the other way. And, and of course, there's always one that'll <laughs> try to take it the other way, but I have learned if you'll just ignore them, and go on with what God has told you to do, he'll take care of that. They'll be quiet. So he has done great things here at Camp Hope. He has. And I was just, I stand in awe of what he has done and what he's going to do. What he has promised, he's doing it. He ain't going to back away from it as long as we don't. It's our responsibility to follow him and to trust him. I started my day out yesterday morning. I thought I was going to feed cows. Get up there on a train, got both crossing blocked in Savannah. I can't get out. I can't go nowhere. Sat there over 30 minutes, and I still can't go nowhere. <laughs> and God just told me, he said, go back and fire the bus up. You're going, you're going to camp. Oh, I said, okay. So I called the... The cows to a fast. All the cows got the fast. The creatures got to do it at one point. <laughs> you know, it didn't hurt them one bit. There's at the trough this morning waiting. <laughs> but, but it's it's just listening to God and and doing it His way instead of ours. And I'm still trying to learn that. <laughs> I ain't gonna deny it. I'm still trying to listen more and more and more and walk His way instead of my own. Not that it was wrong to go feed the cow, but he had a different plan. That can come later. And it didn't hurt nobody. So, but what God has done, just come and see. You just take time to look around you at what God has done and what he has done. But as, as Sean was saying and Jack was saying, to keep it simple. Stay humble, mainly. Stay humble and let God use you. And I fight with that all the time. I ain't going to lie. I've known uh, 
for a long time that uh, God wants men and women that won't try to take the glory. And it's, it's sometimes that's a hard thing. You want to, hey, I, I had a hand in that. I, I helped. I, I, I. And uh, God's not in the eye. But he does set aside and raise up and causes us to look to Him. There's something in that is that we need to know because wound up saying this myself but our our dreams have not been big enough absolutely right it's uh, it's just it's not it's not right we're we're below the threshing floor <laughs> we we need to come up we need to be mighty men and when I say that y'all know I'm not saying men only I'm saying every one of us need to be raised up at this time and in a in a place where we've not been and that's that's what God is wanting to do come up Come up, my son. Come up. I was just going to say, like, I've just even been seeing it like Rusty, 19-year-old kid, wanting Rusty to go duck hunting with him, you know, and them doing that. But it's given Rusty an opportunity to speak into his life and be a model you know, and his parents are like, thank you for, like, encouraging him to stay in school, you know, and, and not do 19-year-old boy things, you know. Um, but it's it's those ways, too. It's not like it's going to be inside of a church, but, like, if you have the opportunity to just be around someone younger and just do those things and show them how and just... Be a friend to them yes. is, you know, I think all that God's calling us, and that's keeping it simple. It's not over-spiritualizing. It's not getting religious about it. It's not. Because <laughs> complexity is the enemy of progress. It is. So if we...
It's that initiation. And they're at that age that it's really important because if we don't help them know who they are, the world's going to tell them another message. And the world is trying to emasculate these boys. And so we have to do something to help them know who they are and to know they can and to be the leaders that God's calling them to be because the world is not. Um, and so it's so important. They, like, they need to know that we believe that they can, right? That they can handle those things and that they were meant to handle those things. We have, uh, in 1976 in Canada, we switched from the imperial or, or uh, standard measurement system that you guys use down here to metric. And uh, it was done in such a way that halfway through my grade six year, we literally stopped doing imperial fractions and started doing metric. Yeah. So my generation grew up with this mix in mathematics where I was a straight-A student in math prior to that, two years later I was a C because it just messes up your brain function. All my brain function was set to do imperial. The reason I mention that is because we have a generation right now that's making themselves known out there that we didn't realize the school system has been messing with for the last 15 years. And they have sent them so many duplicitous messages about sexuality and about morality and about ethics that have nothing, there's no place for it in school. That's a parental responsibility. But um, what that did is it set a whole generation into what we're seeing right now. But the good news is more and more reports are coming out saying that the generation that is coming after them, that generation that is in that 14, 15, and 16-year-old range right now, is going, that's crap. This is not true. I am not a he, she, it. I'm a guy. And they're declaring it, and they're looking for the simple truth. Here's the joy of this. We are the only ones that actually have the simple truth. So when we can make that declaration to these young men like you did or you know like you were talking about, that is a that is a clarion call. Right? A clarion call is a call that shoots out into the darkness and and penetrates you with a true tone, right? For musicians we know that when someone sings or plays in perfect pitch, we can all hear it. You can be a real good singer, but if you're a singer that sings in perfect pitch, it does something to your very core being when you hear that. It's like the fifth, it's the fifth note in harmony, right? Where all of a sudden there's more than one harmonic tone and there's a fifth note that comes out of the heavens that is caused by all the rest of the harmonies. It's a miraculous thing. And that's what's going out with this clarion call to these young people right now. And we're going to set the pace of the truth. And that's why it's so important to be on the wall watching. That's why it's so important to hear, see, and speak what's going on. That's why it's so important, like you did, Ronnie, to say, cattle can wait. I'm going to get the bus. That's, that's a huge thing. We don't realize that, but that's a huge thing. You know, I was at a gas station once a number of years ago, and this young man comes up to me and says, Sean, Mr. Haberstock? And I said, yeah. 
I just want to tell you how much of a blessing your Sunday school class was. I was in your Sunday school class when you were blah, 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 and he went on. And I was like, I, I sat there and I thought to myself, I thought that class was a complete disaster. And I know who you are, and you were the cause of most of it. <laughs> That's what, when I registered who he was, because he had four brothers, and he was the youngest, and he was just a little rabble-rouser. And he was so blessed. He went on to tell me about how he was blessed by the Lord, how things would happen, and, and he would go home and tell his mom all about it. And I would think to myself, I thought to myself so many times, Father, nail that boy, because, but we don't know. We don't know what you did with those three boys, saying, okay, it's time, right? That, that is such a poignant thing. The world would look at that and say, they're boys, they're kids, they don't know, what are you doing? God says he'll take the foolish things of the world and turn them into the wise. But, uh, Hello, it, it's on, I just hit the button. Um, I've been sitting here listening as you spoke about these kids, and you didn't call them boys, you call them young men. And it's that, you're training them to expect to be respected as a man. And it's, it's so important what you're doing. And I know that your dream was to impact hundreds, thousands of kids. But you could not have done what you have done in these 10 or 12, 15, however many children and young people's lives if you had a thousand of them or a hundred of them. <laughs> the, the thing is, you were doing a work that it's going to take a decade or two. It's like planting a tree. You're not going to see the fruit until after it's been growing for a while. But you're going to see fruit from this, from these kids, these young men and young women's lives. And it's not just the young men. The young women, most of them do not have the example of a, an adult man who's kind and caring and Strong and firm, but yet not wanting to hurt them in any way. They you may be the only man they know that is like that towards them. That's a safe place. And that's so important for girls to know that there are men out there who are good men. <clears throat> you know, as we, um, as the more that I have come to 
no church history, and, and I don't know a lot about it, but um, the Jewish aspect of things, the, the less that quote-unquote Christmas means to me. It's, I mean, we need a day to um, honor the fact that Jesus was born. Yes, you know, I don't have a problem with that at all. And uh, Christmas trees are fun. Presents are fun. It's a good time to have fun with your family. But it's not, even though it's when we celebrate Jesus' birth, it's not when he was born. Nobody really knows when he was born, probably at the Feast of Lights in September, sometime in there. This, this time would have been when he was conceived, somewhere in here. But we don't know the exact dates, nor do we need to. Because if you have the Holy Spirit living inside you, if you have been born again and Holy Spirit lives in you, you carry the essence of Jesus with you all the time. Every day is Christmas. Every day is a day to celebrate that Jesus is here with us that we have been changed, that we have been made into new creatures. You know, that, that term means a new being. I mean, a, a new different kind of... It's not just us, a human that's been reworked. It's we've been made supernatural. So, it, it's, it's a little hard for me to do Christmas songs. I mean, they're okay, but I love worshiping. And I love to be somewhere where God is here and we can feel him. And even if we can't feel him, because we, we don't live based on feelings, although feelings can be real, real fun, we know he's here. Because two or three of us are gathered in Jesus' name. And so he promises that he'll be here with us. I mean, we have such a unique... All we've talked about today about the simplicity of who we are. It's, you know, it, it's not easy to begin a different or a new standard. You know, nobody understands it. People go, eh, it takes too much thought. I just want to go to church and 
have stuff poured at me and then leave and I'll feel better. So sometimes it, you know, we, it's like we're in a maze. We go one direction thinking, okay, this is the way we're supposed to go and we hit a wall. Okay, let's back up and, okay, let's go this way. Oh, okay, this opens up into oh, another wall. I mean, because we're trying desperately to hear God and understand what he's wanting us to do. But I believe we've been faithful to do that. And you're right, it has been like um, the mighty man getting whittled away. <laughs> you know, there was nothing wrong with any of those guys. And by the way, there were mighty women. I love the story of Deborah and Jael, Yael. Deborah was a prophetess, and she was unusual in that she was in the government part of Israel. She was a married woman, you know. And God told her to tell Barak, Barak uh, what he was supposed to do. He was the general. And it sounded like a suicide mission to him. And being the great, powerful army leader that he was, he said, fine, you, if you come with me, I'll go. I'll go do it. But if you don't come, I'm not going to go. And Deborah probably... Deborah probably sighed a big sigh. Oy vey, Lord. Lord God, this man. But she says, okay, I'll go. But you're not going to see the victory. It's going to be a woman. And so she went into battle with him. I mean, that is a tough lady. There were no carriages. She was a tough woman. She went to battle. Was she trained to go to battle? Not really, but she had heard the word of the Lord and she went to carry it through. So we know the battle was being won by Israel and the leader of the opposing army who was Sisera, ran off. He was trying to escape with his life. And he came to a tent that just had a woman in it. And he said, oh man, I just need to rest. I'm exhausted. I've been fighting here. I'm a big, strong man. I'll hurt you if you do anything to harm me. And so she said, well, just lay down and take a load off and let me get you something warm to drink. 
So she fixed him something that would make him sleep really heavy, and then she drove a stake through his head. That's one tough woman. I mean, I consider myself to be a tough woman, but man, man, <laughs> golly. He's down 900 chariots of iron. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? Mm-mm. <laughs> so there were mighty men and... It's good that David was dealing with them because there were mighty women out doing the work of the kingdom while the men were all hanging around in camp, drinking coffee and telling war stories. <laughs> take, so, take that mic away from her. <laughs> I'm just saying that we are unique and we are blessed. We are so blessed. I missed being here last Sunday. I missed being in the presence of God. I missed being with you guys. I, I enjoyed watching my granddaughters get baptized. That was a hoot. And... Rachel said her life would never be the same. <laughs> and we can hope that that's true. <laughs> and it was a blessing to be able to go be with them. But I'm glad we are where we are doing what God's telling us to do, each one of us individually. And it's being woven into a tapestry. I mean, Sean does his thing, I do my thing. Rusty does his thing, Laura does her thing. And it, it's, there's a picture being made by the Lord of what the church looks like. And it's a good thing. Okay, I'm done. Father, this is our declaration this morning. We are so very thankful for your presence, for what you're doing in our lives, for what you are raising up, for your son Jesus. We give thanks. And we praise you we honor you and we thank you. Amen.